This is Dr. Julie P, and you're listening to the Bra Straps Podcast. Why bra straps? Because they're uplifting, supportive, and comforting. This podcast will feature interviews with incredible women who are doing amazing things and will surely uplift and motivate any listener. Also, check out my mini episodes with some great insights on wellness, self-care, and motivation. Thanks for listening. Vasquez Newsom, doctor, doctor, <laughs> Dr. Julie, Dr. Jenny. That's right. Um, so I know Jenny really, really well. Um, I actually did some math, Jenny, before this, and we met in 2011. Wow. But a lot has definitely changed. We've definitely grown a lot in our career. So I know a lot about you um, as your good friend, but why don't you tell you know our amazing Brostrap podcast listeners a little bit about yourself and your journey to where you are today. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Jenny Vasquez Newsom, and I am the founder of Untapped Leaders, which I'll speak a little bit more about in a, a bit, but that is a community and leadership framework that really centers marginalized perspectives. Um, and it's been quite a journey to get to this point. I, I began my career in college access work in New York um, and also did a, a college support and kind of really supporting college students in uh, California and really having a background in education and thinking about the ways we experience our environments and learn and uh, navigate our own academic and career journeys has always been my interest. Uh, so I research, my research background is in uh, social cognitive theory, that's very big words, <laughs> on just really thinking about how we interact with our environments and how those interactions inform who we are, who our, self, our own sense of identity, but then also you know, what we decide to do with our work and with our careers. Uh, so that's always been kind of an exciting area of, of research for me. <clears throat> and so since then, I've kind of been a uh, facilitator, uh, I develop programs, and really kind of think sitting around uh, leadership and really thinking about how we define and experience leadership and how we can really reframe that um, and really think about how everyone can show up as leaders in different ways. So um, I'm excited to be here in conversation with you. Awesome, thank you. So you mentioned untapped leaders or untapped leadership. Where did that come from? And tell me more about that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the term untapped leadership for me really means that there's leadership that exists that is just overlooked, that's already there. Uh, but we have sometimes created organizations or teams or processes or structures that doesn't take into account this leadership because we kind of define leadership in a particular way. And so, you know, if you look at the frameworks of leadership from the you know, last two centuries, it's really been a narrative created by and for white men. Um, and that's fine, but also a lot is missing. We do not have the full picture on how we're defining and thinking about leadership. And so, you know, what I really have set out to do is think about you know, untapped leadership being everything that's kind of on the margins uh, 
based off of that traditional kind of dominant narrative that has been created, what is outside of that or what's kind of you know, not seen in, in that perspective. And I want to uncover that and kind of bring that out to that conversation, to the ways we are setting up our, our spaces, the way we are leading our organizations. And that's what I've really been trying to do with untapped leadership and really kind of exploring the marginalized perspectives of, of leaders of color and, and anyone that's been marginalized in dominant uh, narratives that, that has something to contribute, but we might not be seeing it. Mm-hmm. And you talk about leadership as traditionally defined a certain way. How would you define leadership then? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, when I say, when I'm thinking about traditional mm-hmm. definitions of leadership, I'm thinking about, you know, the very top down command and control, like, you know, decisions and, and power and everything really sitting right. at the top. Like um, title based. Yeah, title based um, and, and really, you know, concentrated within a few, just a few people, you know, a small group that actually is quote unquote leading because they're at this positional top um, of organizations. Uh, I don't ascribe to that uh, belief that I think leadership exists at all levels at, and it can happen at any moment with anyone. Um, So it's not connected to title uh, and it's not connected to positionality in an organization or anything like that. It really is about um, how you uh, act and exist and move through environments towards a vision that involves the collective, that is to the benefit of all and and a group versus kind of a self-interest endeavor. Uh, So there's kind of this shift of thinking about uh, leadership as an action um, and and you are an effective leader if you've really kind of taken into account all the nuances and contexts and, and a- aspects of reality as kind of being a human and leading uh, diverse groups and teams. Um, if you've kind of been able to facilitate that reality and, and move towards a, you know, a common purpose, a common goal, whatever it might be that everyone's working together towards, that's leadership, um, and that can be at any position. Mm-hmm. At least what I think. So I'm like a big fan of taking these like leadership tests to see what kind of leader you are. Yeah. Um, in my work, like working with student athletes, I always have them take this test and figure out if they're like a democratic leader or like a coaching or authoritative or whatever. You know, like those basic. I think there's like six or eight types of those. Right. Um, how do you feel about that? Because I've taken it before. I know what kind of leader I am, and that helps me to. Um, share with like the people I'm leading, hey, I'm this kind of leader, so tell me if you need something different. Right. I'm so I'll be honest, I'm mixed on those types of assessments. You're okay. right. There's so many of them. Okay. Um and you know, I, I usually I point to MBTI as yeah. an example, a common, wildly known, all often used uh, example of kind of getting a sense of your personality, your mm-hmm. your your um preferences. Um and if you dig a little deeper into MBTI, it has racist roots from their creators. Uh, And so it kind of created this assessment um, to sort of categorize people uh, that I think has been misused a a bit to to really kind of uh, label what is quote unquote, a leader, what isn't, what are the, you know, what are the characteristics that 
um, will say, okay, this person's gonna be good at this job. And then if you connect that to pay, to access, to all these, these elements of like power that are kind of given to certain positions, you'll see that certain, you know, quote unquote, styles okay. are preferred for Here's those those top positions yeah, yeah. and so it, it there is kind of this aspect of marginalization that happens even within those but i think it really comes down to it being misused um, that you know the way you're sharing is a is a better use of, of mm -hmm. those tools that like you kind of understand you have your kind of your instincts your natural way of communicating of working with others of collaborating um, and it's good to share that with other, who you're working with. Everyone mm -hmm. has a different style. And mm -hmm. so I think that is important. Um, but I think my uh, caution is that when we connect and like, you know, perceive particular styles as being good at X, Y, Z or being bad at A, B, C, then we start to get into trouble because then we're yeah. now limiting people um, right. in, in ways that they, it's unfair. Uh, yeah, and I agree with you. I think it's hard to say like, you know, I'll have students do this assessment and they'll say, this is good. Yeah. And I hate when they want to, um, what's the word, quantify, like, what's a good coaching style or personality preference right. or whatever. I'm like, well, it's not good or bad if that's just your style. So you need to know that. That's right. Um, especially if you are a leader within whatever world, in your home, on your team, in the classroom, whatever it may be. Um, so I'll give you an example um, one of the leadership roles that I play is I'm, I um, have interns, so I, I mentor, you know, incoming counselors every year. I get a new intern. I feel like I'm, the, I mean, I feel like I am their supervisor. And so that is a title leadership role, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I, I just am. But I know that my leadership style is coaching, so I mm -hmm. don't, I don't do anything for them. I want to like show them and then have them go do it. I'll right. just, I'll even be like, okay, here's the chair you're me today, I'll be back. Right. And I really like to just be hands off and allow them to practice it. But I will ask some interns, like, let me know if that works for you or if you need a little bit more guidance. Mm -hmm. Let me know if you want me to sit with you and you observe a little longer before I right. let you be free. And so, because I'm self-aware. Right. And I remember when I was an intern, that worked for me, right? I came I came in and the counselor was like, all right, here's your chair. I'm going to go refill my coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just thrown in the deep end, but that worked for me because I am like autonomous and I love learning by doing, yeah. but not everybody is. So right. I do ask them, like, is that going to work for you? Right. Because that is my style. And I can adjust it a little bit if they say, like, I'm too scared, I'm not ready, can I just observe you first? Cool. Right. Um, but so that's where I feel like it is important to be aware because not everyone that you're going to be working with um, learns that way mm -hmm. or, like, can be led that way. Yeah. Well, I think you're hitting on the, like, a core element of, of leadership and like, you know, good leadership is that self-awareness. And I, I feel like um, we we don't give it enough credence to really think about, okay, how am I showing up? Um, we're all human. Uh, we all, again, have our styles, our preferences, our mistakes, our, all, all mm -hmm. those elements. And if you're not aware of, of those aspects, then you're probably affecting people in ways that maybe you didn't intend or mm -hmm. are not supportive again to their leadership so that you really you knowing your preference your way of kind of leaning into your coaching style mm -hmm. um and knowing that that might not work for everyone i think that's just essential yeah. uh, and and something that i really you know I, I try to embody myself in, in leadership and just knowing that i i have my way uh, and my beliefs of what 
folks are capable of or you know really giving them kind of the the autonomy to to do the work um, and that might make some uncomfortable but if I'm really setting out to support and to um, be good at my job as a leader then I should be prepared to get that feedback that hey this is not working for me I, I need more direction or I need more guidance um, and and being okay with that so. yeah and also asking how's this working for you that's right right and I, and I think that you're right that's what it is. that's sort of maybe like the thing self-awareness yeah and then also pausing to ask pausing to listen right. otherwise you know you can just be sailing a ship by yourself and mm -hmm. you have no passengers mm -hmm. right <laughs> and thinking that you're doing a great job um, but yeah, maybe maybe listeners in your leadership roles, like maybe I don't know about the assessments. You're right; they're kind of arbitrary because the website made it. But it does ask really good questions that make me think: Would you rather this or this? And I'm like, oh, I do have a preference of mm -hmm. how I teach or how I observe or how I take feedback. Right. You know. Um, so I say it's worth it just to try any assessment, just to see the kinds yeah. of questions are. They're just that you are more self-aware and more effective. That's right. In your roles. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So let's pivot a little bit on what do you think leaders look like? Mm. Physically. <laughs> what should a leader look like? You know, I, I asked you that because in in the forums that I've been in, leaders need to dress differently. Mm. Um, be a certain age. Mm. Um, I won't say gender because I feel like in education, I will say there's a lot of equity in the, you know, f you know places I've been. Um, but I have noticed, even in myself, when I'm playing the leadership role, um, I will put on a different outfit. Mm. I will do something different to my appearance. Mm -hmm. I will try to like age myself so that people respect me. Um, I know maybe I'm crazy and it's in my head, mm. but what do you think? What, what I mean, what's your yeah. perspective on that? What do leaders look like? I mean, I think it's so deep because it gets, again, I think to the root of the challenges of how we interpret leadership uh, from my perspective, because I think we've come from this like history of defining leadership around you know, someone up in front or someone, you know, at the top or, uh, you know, uh, almost like setting people up on pedestals because of their leadership, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. And on that pedestal, we're expecting folks to look a particular way. Again, if we kind of look back to the history, that way was white and male. Um, and that's where we kind of had a very ingrained sense of, quote unquote, what leaders look like, because that, that's what we saw. Um, and that's a really, you know, in those eras of exclusion in the early 1900s, you know, that that's what was, we've been told that that is what leadership is. And so then everything that we've kind of built from there, you know, it's hard to like unlearn a little bit. And that's where I feel like, you know, this idea of leaders looking a particular way with a suit, with a you know particular certain attire, um, certain hairstyles, as we've kind of seen with the the way uh, you know, legislation has tried to protect uh, certain hairstyles for black women or or, or um, other other folks. Um, I I don't think we've divorced ourselves from expecting leaders to look white and male. Mm -hmm. um, I it's. I think there's still aspects that we are expecting um, that ascribe to those 
physicalities that when someone other than that is in a leadership position or is at the, the top of an organization, it's, it's almost like the more that they can kind of align, the more comfortable or, or you know, the more comfortable I think we are with defining that person as a leader. Right, we buy into it. We buy into it. But say, you know, again, like as you're kind of speaking, you don't age yourself. You don't kind of, uh, you know, try to uh, look older or you dress casually or, you know, you have your ear piercing, whatever it might be. Um, that is challenging the notion, the traditional notion of, of leadership. But that doesn't change your effectiveness as a leader. Zero percent. Right. And so what is it about the physicalness of, of it that that we're attaching ourselves to still? I don't know. And I, I don't know. And I feel like I question myself. You know, I, I teach at UCLA and every, the first day of every quarter, I put on a blazer that mm -hmm. looks like a white man. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't I won't wear heels. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> right. Um, but I'll make sure I have like slacks that are like faded from you know, Old Navy and I'll, you know, right. I'll dress the part. And then after I get the buy-in for my students, right. then I go to my natural, yep. you know, who I truly am as a person, which is natural hair. I can put on some jeans. I'm, you know, even when I teach, I don't stand. I try to sit mm -hmm. oftentimes with my students. Um, and or like walk around and sit with them because I want them to understand that I'm not teaching to talk at them. That's I right. want to talk with them so that they have self-discovery too. That's right. That's and right. I do think that's a little more progressive than most mm -hmm. um, institutions these days. Mm -hmm. And and I hear that is that like maybe I don't have um, books and published articles under my belt, but students will remember how I make mm -hmm. them feel mm -hmm. and I will the the way that I teach. Um, helps them grow as opposed to I impress them with all my published work. Yeah. You know, and so, but it starts with me wearing a, that's right. a suit or that's right. a blazer to look like a white man. And I, and I think, like, there's, because it's, it's hard, because there's that balance, like, there's a reality of, of how you will be perceived, um, you know, and so you have to, you know, I'd say you do have to come in with a blazer, or like, just something communicating credibility physically, yes. which is wild to think about, um, but you have to do it because we it's just that easy for on a first impression, someone to kind of scan and say, okay, I'm going to trust this professor. Right, right. Okay, I know this professor knows what they're talking about. Um, and it comes down to a blazer, which is wild. Uh, but I think what you, what you do is, you know, as you shift into showing the the realness of your leadership, mm -hmm. that is what sticks with, with students. And I think that's where, you know, if how can we get to a place where we don't, we can just start there, day one. And I think that's where transformation happens. Like we're just being real, you know, like yeah. that's like credibility is even um, heightened in those moments um, if we can get there, but I don't know. Do you feel like you've done that before in the past too? Where you come into the first day for a job? Or oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I do it today. I do it today. I mean, I have to be like, again, it's kind of this balance of um, it, it's understanding the system within which we are engaging uh, and systems are powerful. And so if you uh, challenge the system, you know, by by not aligning, you know, there's a line um, you won't you you're out the game, essentially, like you can't um, you can't risk it too much. And so I absolutely 
you know, yeah. we'll, we'll do the suit, we'll kind of <laughs> get the hair, you know, under control, all those elements just to have my entry point. Um, and then, and then have to start to have conversations like this yeah. uh, and then try to shift things. So yeah, it's hard. It is hard. Um, that's why I like podcasts. You can't really see what they look like. <laughs> Which is too bad, though. We're going to post a picture of our faces. Yeah, we'll post a, we'll post a picture <laughs> so you can see how we dress up for you guys. I'm like, you guys, I don't know who you are. <laughs> so speaking of appearance, um, I'll pivot a little bit. Um, tell me something about you. When, you. when people see you, what do they see and what do they not see? Mm. That's a good question. <laughs> Um, I think what they see, uh, so, well, I think they see a black woman, I'm biracial, uh, so, you know, they might, a lot of assumptions can be made, you know, and that's usually how, uh, how things go, uh, but I am of Cuban descent, and so, um, my, I grew up with the Cuban side of my family, um. I have big hair, I love my big hair. What they don't see was the journey to get there to love the big hair. Um, I definitely was one that uh, straightened my hair decades. Uh, it, it, was, it took a long time to get comfortable with my natural hair as it grew out of my head. Uh, so folks don't see that. Um, uh, I'm usually, you know, pretty positive, optimistic, uh, smiley, you know, I, I laugh a lot, a, a lot of energy, uh, that, that is kind of my personality. Um, maybe what folks don't see is, you know, like the, the inner workings of kind of the outward, uh, work. You know, I think I am very internal. I like, you know, reflecting a lot. I like thinking a lot. I like analysis. I think I have a, a very analytical brain. And so sometimes when I kind of come out with something, I probably have thought about it for like <laughs> weeks in advance and it gets to like this point. So um, folks might not see that as well. But, but that's a good question because I think, you know, there's a lot that uh, folks see outwardly that they don't um, realize the whole story. I actually was speaking with someone yesterday and I said to her, oh, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. Like, just in life, general, you know, like I, the, trying things on, figuring things out. Um, and what she said back to me was like, oh, wow, I had, thank you for saying that because it looks like you have everything figured out. I was like, absolutely not. Who does? Uh, and so I wish, you know, like we had more of those conversations again of like just, um, you know, there's, there's what people see, but then there's everything else that, that leads up to those more visible I'm gonna challenge you because I don't think I think you say that sometimes um, I don't know what I'm doing which I say all the time too yeah as more of a out mm. so people don't expect me to know everything even though like you said yeah I'm really analytical I probably been thinking about this for weeks yeah so you do know what you're doing but you don't want anyone to expect it because of a fear of yeah not fulfilling the expectation yeah interesting that could absolutely be Right, you know, because I think, again, like if we are honest about our journeys into leadership, um, there, if you don't see a lot of people that look like you or act like you or have your background in these positions, then you're already kind of up against a external environment or messages that are counter to what 
you think you're capable of. Um, and so a lot of it has to be very intrinsic or like, you know, built up. And so then you yeah. create these dialogues to second guess. I don't know. But I also, I'll challenge back because I do think we often, I think there's a lot of things I do know and I'm, I'm very good at and I'm an expert at. Um, and there's a lot that I don't know and I'm comfortable with that. And I think, you know, particularly when thinking about leadership and the way it, again, has been kind of created, we expect leaders to know everything, to know how to answer to everything, to never make mistakes. Like there's these high, unrealistic expectations uh, that it's just not human. Um, and so I, I, this is my charge, like just say what you don't know. Like yes. when you don't know something, say it. But I like that of like just kind of being cautious of when it's like self-deprecating. Right, or like overcompensating right. or overcorrecting. That's right. So I can say I have no idea what I'm doing with this podcast. Yeah. Oh, I've been doing research for months. <laughs> Probably a year ago I sent you like a, a list of titles I was thinking That's about, right. right? So yeah, it's been a year of me like learning and researching yeah. and reading. I can still say that I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Maybe I don't have direction quite yet. Like, I don't know where I'm um, going with it yet, and I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I know exactly what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I know how to use software. I know how to edit now. I know what this funny mic does. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I have direction, and so I do that, too. I'll be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, almost have to dumb myself down. Yeah. But yeah. I do. I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. I know what I'm doing. I'm organized. Exactly. I have my shit together. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, I don't necessarily have direction, but... In my last episode about change, I talked about how I now sort of like lean in to unknown, mm -hmm. where I used to be such a planner. Now I'm like excited about the mm -hmm. unknown. I get excited about change. I get excited about challenge and learning. Yeah. So I'm excited about this because I don't know it so well. Yeah. And when I do know it so well, there's nothing to get excited about. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. <laughs> so tell us about your new chapter in your life. My new chapter is this. I mean, I haven't let go of my other chapters. I just keep building on my bookshelf really thick. <laughs> but I've embarked on this like podcast journey. We'll see where it goes. Tell us about your latest journey. Yeah. Um, so I am a, writing a book on untapped leadership uh, and the power that exists within un underrepresented leaders. Uh, and uh, so it's coming out spring 2023. I'm very excited about that. Um, and alongside that work and everything that we've been talking about, uh, also building a leadership community and platform that really centers marginalized perspectives that brings uh, leaders of color together uh, to just talk, to have these conversations, uh, to really think about, you know, if we've had, a, again, a few centuries of books and articles and speakers that were really only focusing on one particular perspective to leadership, how can we redefine it and how can we redefine it as a community, as a collective, really thinking about like our own real-time experiences mm -hmm. and our own strategies that we've uh, implemented in navigating kind of systems that maybe haven't been built for us, uh, but still led and still succeeded. Uh, so building, building that community up uh, in the fall uh, to have a lot of you know, leadership sessions, uh, coaching sessions, really the dynamic and diverse community of, of folks across industries uh, to really dig into this and start to reframe a little bit. Uh, so a lot of work to be done because there's a lot of a lot of time to make up for um, in this work. So yeah, I'm excited for the next the next thing. Me too. <laughs> Let me know if you need any branding or like a bartender for all the events. You know, for a other, happy hour. I have a lot of specialties. <laughs> <laughs> what I am good at, <laughs> really good at. <laughs> 
Um, so it sounds like you have a lot on your mind and you're like analytical and you're thinking and you're planning. What do you do, Jenny, to recharge? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, because I also, you know, I am a mom of two small kids and they um, are not the source of my recharging. <laughs> But they're wonderful. Take a little battery power. Um, so, but I'm very big on you know uh, clearing out and like being on my own for a, at least a little bit of time um, each week. Or you know, I'll, I'll take a trip. I love traveling. Um, but I think you know, I grew up an only child. I am an only child. I like the the solace of my own mind, of my own like time. Uh, you know, I'm not needed anywhere. Um, and so trying to find that is like pivotal for me. So that's why I kind of find those moments where I can just unplug, step away. Um, and even if it's just for a couple hours, it's to totally recharge uh, for, for the rest of the week for, for me. So outside of that, yeah, I just lay around, you know, at a pool or, you know, relax, read something. I don't know. Things like that. What's your next recharge? My next recharge, I, well, so I have to, I'm uh, finishing <laughs> up in the book, and so I will be taking a week-long, quote-unquote, writer's retreat uh, at a spa in uh, in Tucson, um, relaxing a bit, and just kind of taking some time, again, to finish up all, all the aspects of the book, uh, but then just chill, just not do anything not do anything that's it right it's hard sometimes i always say we have to plan to do nothing that's right which sounds counterintuitive and back to mbti which i don't believe in but i know exactly who i am <laughs> <laughs> i need to plan my doing nothing time that's right that's right <laughs> which you know i've had a lot this summer um and then my doing nothing means like reorganizing or doing arts and crafts like i don't know how to do nothing <laughs> so working on that i'm working on that um so i'm gonna ask you a couple of Questions, finish the sentence, okay? Oh my goodness. <laughs> when I retire, like really retire, mm. <laughs> <laughs> when you really, when I really retire, I want people to say this about me. Hmm. That I worked with intention at a deliberate pace and hopefully had an impact somewhere. That's it. That's had an impact somewhere. Yes. <laughs> I think we can make that happen. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad we're recording it. So when you do have your official retirement party. <laughs> That's right. We'll, we'll put it. I'll creak it in That's right. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay. Another quick fire question. Um, if you had a podcast and you could interview anybody you want, who would mm. you interview? That is a very good question. I picked you. So. I know. <laughs> I know. So you know. So I should, you, I should you say you, know. right? <laughs> Um, no, but I would say, I would say you and like other leaders, like other folks doing the work, like I'm not, I wouldn't go for a big name, you know, a recognizable, you know, someone with a huge platform. I'd really am interested in kind of the conversations of like the day to day, like how, what is this like for all of us just working and like trying to have an impact on the world or trying to have an impact on others or just trying to make the world better uh, but in the in the small scale in the micro moments mm -hmm. uh, and so i would really love to have conversations with folks like you yeah. with our, our colleagues um that that are also doing work in their own lanes um and yeah just have those conversations that would be mine okay yeah all right well we can make that happen. sign me up yeah okay <laughs>
Um, okay, so this podcast is called Bra Straps because bra straps are uplifting. So who are the bra straps in your life and who uplifts you? Yeah, um, I'd say, you know, I think I've, I've along my career journey, there's always been women that have been the sources of support and um, strength. And so, you know, I think that my mom being number one, um, and she was a, she's a retired teacher, but always kind of valued and supported my career path, my academic path. Um, I've had a lot of uh, uh, women of color, actually, supervisors uh, early on in, in my career that changed my trajectory and my, my just, my own uh, self-efficacy and like self, uh, like self-concept of, of who, what I could be capable of because I saw it amongst them and they kind of cultivated it. Uh, so I think, uh, I think about them a lot. Um, and then, yeah, I think folks like you and, you know, our, again, our friends, our colleagues that are also like doing good work and really just cheerleading all around, all the time, um, always there for anything you ask. It doesn't even matter. Uh, that's like huge. It, you can't do it other than, than having folks like you and, and, and other friends. Uh, so I think about those folks as well as kind of the, you know, the uplifting and, and supporting as well. I will add one man, uh, my husband. <laughs> Fine, we can one. one yeah. man. And maybe Chase, and maybe your kid. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a little, that's a brand in the air. Um, but yeah, my husband, Sean, has been uh, always a huge cheerleader um, and kind of in those uh, quiet moments at home will always encourage me. You know, He's a risk taker, and I am not, but uh, he encourages the risk and, and supports it, and so I'll, I'll give him a shout-out, too. <laughs> All right, he gets one shout-out. Yeah, I think it's important. You're right. I think about like people who are my uplifters, and it's not necessarily people who uplift me. It's people around me who are also doing awesome Mm -hmm. things. I'm like, oh wow, they're doing really cool things. Like I can do really cool things too, Mm -hmm. right? There's like, what's her name, Glennon Doyle's um, podcast. You can do hard things. Yeah, like we can do hard things, and we can be good at it. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I love it. Do you have any um, takeaways or advice for listeners who might be listening to this? Yeah, that's it. I know the summary question. All that. I. I mean, I think. My encouragement to everyone, to everyone listening, is to really question and think about, you know, how you define leadership. Who are you thinking of when you think about leadership? And if you're not thinking about yourself, figure that out because you have it. Uh, So that's my takeaway. Um, To really kind of think about that and explore that a little bit more Um, because I think that's how we create change that's needed now Mm -hmm. in this moment. Well, thank you, Jenny, and um, can't wait to be your guest when you have your own podcast or whatever, you know. Here in the studio. Yeah, we're going to use this studio. <laughs> this one, you see? Thank you. Thank you.